Uh, good morning, everyone. It's lovely to see you this morning. My name is Jamie Mulvaney. I'm an associate minister here. And if you're here for the first time, a particularly warm welcome to you. You may be wondering this morning, though, you may be wondering what on earth Jesus and a Canaanite woman and her demon-possessed daughter have to do with Remembrance Sunday. You may also be wondering, why is Jesus speaking so harshly to this woman? Where is the gentle Jesus, meek and mild, on a day like today? Well, when Jesus says, or when Jesus does something surprising, it's really important that we don't just skip it, that we set it to one side and think it's a little bit embarrassing. I wonder, I wonder what surprising things we may discover that we wouldn't otherwise see. I wonder if Remembrance Sunday could take on an even greater significance for us today. I wonder if these seemingly random accounts of Jesus could inform and transform our futures on a day in which we honor the past. Today, we remember the faithfulness of soldiers over the past century and beyond. Last week in this church, we remembered William Wilberforce and a group of like-minded individuals worshiping in this very building and how they transformed society by cutting to the chase of what the church might be. And today, we venture even further back, all the way to the Middle East 2,000 years ago. But in order to do so, we actually need to venture even further back than 2,000 years. Let me explain. When this uh, Canaanite woman whose daughter is troubled, when she comes to Jesus Christ, how does he respond? Well, at first he doesn't respond at all. He gets silence. In verse 23, his disciples say, send her away. And he replies, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Then she comes and kneels before him. She begs, Lord, help me. And how does Jesus respond to her heartfelt cry for mercy? He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Charming. He's calling the Canaanite a canine. Jesus, on how many levels did you get that wrong? You knew that I'd have to be standing here today on Remembrance Sunday in polite clapper. You can't speak like that in 2021. But I said that we need to, to venture even further back than 2,000 years. Because although Jesus seems harsh, although he seems politically incorrect, insensitive, or just plain rude, you miss it if you don't take in the historical perspective. And that's what we're remembering today, the importance of remembering history, of learning lessons from history. And we rattle through a, a reading like this, and we don't take in the word Canaanite. But what Jesus had done is he had traveled north. He had traveled north of Galilee to the area that we now call southern Lebanon. And you know what it's like to cross from one border into another, to a new country, and to receive a frosty welcome. As an Australian, I can report that your border officials are very conscientious in this country. And whether the response that I've received has been boredom or condescension or suspicion, I can assure you that they are doing their work. And today, whether it's in the light of COVID, 
or whether it's in the light of Brexit. We're all feeling a change to our borders, aren't we? But the, the role of borders back then were even more contested than the role of borders today. And so what we see Jesus do is he comes to the very edge of the area populated by the Jews, to the disputed borderlands between Jew and Gentile. It'd be a bit like coming today to a border between modern Israel and the Palestinian territories. And here they are in the promised land. And Gentiles, like the Canaanite woman, they should not be there. The Canaanites, they were the, the irredeemably corrupt people, the, the enemies of, the, of God's people. And, and they were the people that God's people were to replace in the promised land. They were the most ancient enemy of Israel, hated and despised. And we forget this. And so if you listen to this passage through the, the ears of, of anyone 2,000 years ago, the shock is not that Jesus would speak to the woman in this way. The shock is that he ends up showing her mercy. The shock is that he, he breaks through the borders. The shock is that he breaks out of the convention. Today we remember, we remember we give thanks for men and women who have crossed borders for us, who have laid down their lives for us, for our freedom. Today I'm thinking of my grandfathers, one there on the left, George Mulvaney, who was a pilot in the Royal Australian Air Force. His aircraft shot down in Nazi-occupied France. He was taken in by farmers sympathetic to the remembrance to the resistance movement. And today I'm also thinking of my other grandfather on the right there, Eric Bode, a second lieutenant in the British Army, held as a prisoner of war for three and a half years in Sumatra. Crossing borders for my freedom. Crossing borders for your freedom. Today we also remember someone who 2,000 years ago crossed borders for our freedom too. We heard earlier outside by the war memorial that Jesus said that greater love has no one than the one who lays down their life for their friends. And the shock too of this passage is not just that Jesus would lay down his life for his friends, but that Jesus, he would lay down his life for his enemies. At this point in his ministry, his ministry is supposed to just be to the people of Israel. Israel itself always meant to, to be the, the people, the way through which God would bless the world. And yet here he is, foreshadowing the cross, the light to lighten the Gentiles. Because Jesus, he will lay down his life for this Canaanite woman. He will lay down his life for that woman's daughter, Enemies, though they were. And before you and I, we hold this Canaanite woman and her daughter even more at arm's length. In Romans 5, the Apostle Paul says this, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, 
while we were still enemies of God. And that's another border that we see, uh, another boundary, not a, not a physical boundary, not a geographical boundary, but we place a big boundary around our hearts, living our lives in opposition to God, our pride, our independence, me in my territory, and nobody gets in. Simon and Garfunkel. I told you it was a day for remembering a long, long time ago. They sang, I am a rock, I am an island. I have built walls and a fortress deep and mighty. And in their parody, they speak with pertinence to our pride. For you too, you and me, we have built walls, a fortress deep and mighty. And Jesus, by speaking to the Canaanite woman in this way, by reminding us that she is an enemy, what we see him do is he, he exaggerates his language. He parodies the way that we and his disciples respond to others, the way that his disciples treat her. And Jesus, he speaks into the heart of our bigotries and our prejudices and the way that you and I, we lift up borders and barriers and boundaries to other people. And Simon and Garfunkel, they, they sang about how you might be insulated from pain if you were to do that. But they also spoke about how you would be insulated from love if you were to do that too. We see that selfishness, selfishness is not freedom. We may think that freedom is about getting to do what we want, but freedom was bought with the self-sacrifice in the wars that we remember today. And freedom for us was bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Freedom is not independence. Freedom is not selfishness. Because freedom is earned, it is bought, it is paid for with the outrageous self-sacrificial demonstration of love that breaks through borders and breaks those borders down. And when the Berlin Wall was erected, people, they went to bed one night and they woke up in the morning with a barrier, with a border. And yes, it took time for that border to be physically fortified and to be made stronger, but a border it still was. And then in 1989, when that border came down, immediately there was freedom of movement. It only takes a moment it only takes an instant to break a border down. That's why we read in verse 28, our passage ends with Matthew saying that this woman's daughter was healed and set free the very moment that Jesus speaks to her. It only takes a moment. It only takes a moment to change everything. The moment when Jesus responds to her and the question for you and for me today is, how will we respond? How will we respond to Jesus' self-sacrifice for us? Because you notice the Canaanite woman says, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. A Gentile, a Canaanite woman using the messianic term for Jesus Christ. She knows that she needs a savior. 
Even though she is not an Israelite, she wants in. She is smashing down the border. She is smashing down the border to her own heart. She is appealing to Jesus for his mercy. And she also calls him Lord. Lord. Smashing down her pride. Jesus, would you be the commander in chief of my life? And that's what faith is. It's simply opening yourself up, removing the border, removing the barrier, and letting Jesus be all that he longs to be in your life and in my life. And so what we see happens for this woman is that her, her borders expand, her horizons expand, and she knows peace, real peace. Not just peace for her daughter, not just healing for her daughter, but peace within her too, peace within her heart. That final frontier, the frontier of our hearts, because of that peace that is made possible for us to experience in the present, but also in the eternal future that awaits. And in this moment, she gets a glimpse. She gets a glimpse of God's love for her. The love that lays upon the altar the dearest and the best. The love that never falters. The love that pays the price. And the love that makes undaunted the final sacrifice. 